Welcome, Tom. guys, to another great episode of Nerds Around. Your host, Sebastian. Your boy, Law. And your boy, Tone, from across the hall. And this week, we have a great episode featuring... My name is Alethea. And I'm Jack. And these are the creators of um, the awesome comic, Bad Luck. So how are you guys doing? How you guys been? How's everything in the world going for you welcome, guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Um, I've you. been doing good. How have you been, Jack? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, working, working hard. So keeping things clean. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. So uh, what's, what started you guys on this journey? Um, again, we're going to get into it with bad luck. Um, it's a, you guys are already have dropped and debuted issue three, which people can find at mbeyond.com. Um, so what started this team? How did you guys get into comics and what started Bad Luck? What's the origin of story? What is your origin story? <laughs> um, it's, it's nothing exciting. It's just uh, Jack and I have been friends since we were like, what, 14 or 15 years old? Yeah, so tiny children. Tiny. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been friends since basically we were babies. And um, and uh, we've always kept in contact and we've always done projects together. Um, they've always just been kind of like on the side sort of projects. And then in 2015, when I got into, when I actually got my first comic published, um, around 2000. 18, I started tinkering around with the idea of witches and demons and familiars and all that other stuff. Um, and I had, and I had like little ideas here and there, but it wasn't really fleshed out enough, but I knew, I knew who I could call on to basically be like, Hey, I need some help. <laughs> and then I contacted Jack. Nice. Yeah. And once, once I get into a, uh, into a creative zone, I just don't stop. And it just happened to be a storyline that I could see. The moment she was bringing stuff to me, I could see it. I, I knew where it was gonna go and I knew what characters were gonna do what. And yeah, so it just, it started rolling. Even the first issue, we just cranked it out off of like pure excited adrenaline. Very cool. That's cool. Very like, cool, very cool. What were some of the influences behind it? Um, well, for me, uh, I was really heavily inspired by anime like Kiki's Delivery Service, Moggy, um, and In uh, Invader Zim and all that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Invader Zim is definitely a good influence. <laughs> yeah, I see a little bit. Of it. I see a little. I definitely see that Invader Zim influence in in it. Like when all, I, was reading I think we all called the anime part. We we're yeah. like, this is anime. Like we yeah. loved it. I remember um, when. Um, because we were reviewing the book and Eric sat this down, like, I need you to read this, check this out. Instantly, the art style screamed anime and fell in love with the style. And then all of a sudden, it's like this world that you guys created. It's just from just reading that first issue alone, when we first got to see it, I was like, oh, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. I think, there, I think there was a collective yes across the board of just like, <laughs> okay, they're down. We're down. We need more. What's good? Like, <laughs> this is awesome. So, so what's the creative process that you guys go through when you're in terms of coming up with the background, the look? What was the whole process there for you guys? It was kind of interesting. Everything, at least on my side, I don't know about Jack's side. Um, it just sort of all kind of fell into place. Like these characters, yeah. like 
they're just so easy to interpret. And like, it was so easy to figure out their backstories and because each of them do have backstories, which will be explored later in the series and in right. other, and other spinoffs and stuff. Um, and, and like, yes, a character may, you know, like Ava seems happy and chirpy, but it's like, why is she so happy and chirpy? Like what kind of stuff is there? And so it's just kind of like fun to explore that a little bit. And then the art style, like, it just sort of just happened again. Like, like I created that art style specifically for bad luck and then it just sort of happened on its own. Mm. Um, and then as sort of creative process, um, well, with the first issue, it was just sort of like improvised. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty much pure, just we're creative. We have all these ideas and it just exploded out. <laughs> <laughs> but then but then after that, Jack and I basically didn't sleep for like three days as we cranked out oh. the whole like outline for the entire series of yeah. what we want each issue to tackle, different arcs we're going to tackle, and oh, wow. everything else. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just in the first arc. So. And that's when we figured out we needed a spinoff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I heard, I heard spinoff and I was like making a mental note of that, but that's amazing that you guys already know how this is going to expand. <laughs> yeah well we know how many issues we have we have the, basically the outlines of all of them written so. yeah awesome i know uh one of the things when i was you know when we have everything on the website is like you have such deep lore and i'm like a huge like lore nerd when it comes yes. to some of the worlds that i get very interested in so just like i was briefly going through it and it looks like was it that was that the brainchild of both of you like on like one of those random nights working cranking things out and you built the lore uh, did you use existing things to kind of, and then flesh those out and kind of pepper and pepper in your own ideas to bring them into bad luck? Um, sort of like a little bit of both. Um, some things we took that were because um, I, I'm an actual like practitioner a little bit. So I took some things I, I took from my teachings and learnings and all, and all that, and just kind of twisted them in a way to where it would fit in the fictional world of bad luck. Um, same thing with the lore of like certain creatures and like how like the magic works um, because we saw, you know, if if a witch is selling their soul to get this magic, it would basically become part of who they are. Um, like literally part of the genetic makeup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the lore and it, it was kind of funny how a lot of it, it came in because you and I were both talking and we were talking about how we don't really like a lot of Hollywood's portrayal. And so we wanted to take a lot of tropes out while leaving in fun things that are a little bit more identifier for, identifiable for people that are practicing as, as an actual religion or spirituality. Mm -hmm. And so there was quite a bit of let's take some of the Hollywood, eh, some of the piss out of Hollywood, you know, and put, put some reality in there as well as the rest of it. And then of course, dark dark themes because i can't write a story without them yeah and and uh bad luck allows us to be on the cute side but if we need to go dark we can go dark <laughs> yes we can i can tell there's like a very fine line almost like uh i'd probably equate to like a soul eater like in that yes. fine fine line of just like yeah cutesy fun stuff and then like oh it's about to go like down yeah basically that yes 100 percent I like it. Very I'm cool. totally for it. Yeah. 
I love the design of Oliver. It's like, what was just the whole design process when making that character in terms of the look, the personality, um, just everything with that character? I just, again, I want that explanation. <laughs> so Oliver was my baby. And um, I, when thinking on him, I was like, okay, he's an incubus. I don't want him to just look like any other demon. I don't want him to just have like, a certain like uh just like a certain appearance i want him right. to be interpreted and mm. to do that like because when you look at oliver um you're not aware that he's a demon you right. like is, like if like like, if, like if you're in the world of bad luck um that, you, fir that first issue the woman he said oh this is what she thinks i look like exactly exactly so that's what his i love that his like blank face kind of allows that it allows you as a mirror into what you see. And so okay. he can, so he can take many different forms and all types of different genders. It's just how your desires portray on him. <laughs> very, very cool. Um, I definitely like that. <laughs> so that was, that was the whole idea with that. And like, because he's a demon, we decided to play with a little bit of reds on him and mm. The whole like little veiny, uh, veiny look on him too, um, with his markings, uh, and then of course horns and tail. He's got to go with the horns and tail. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What made you guys choose uh, that setting, like uh, the 1950s? Ava. Uh, yeah, mainly Ava. <laughs> Ava picked it out. Okay. Uh. I don't know, like, I've seen comics in the 1980s. I've seen comics in the future. I've seen comics in period pieces. I haven't seen too many comics, especially, like, dark comics, mm -hmm. be in, like, between, like, the 20s and, like, 60s. And that might be my own fault. Maybe I'm just not exposed to them enough. But mm -hmm. with Bad Luck, we were just like, let's do it. Let's just make an alternate 1950s where all this stuff exists. And let's just see how how we can portray it. <laughs> well, and it, it works so well because the technology advancements that were at the 1950s, just we don't have to worry about a lot of the modern things interfering with magic. We don't have to answer that question. And we don't, but yet we're not, we're not all the way back to the point where we're drawing horse and buggy, right. you know? People are used to seeing things fly around the air, but somebody on a broom, that's a little weird. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for, like, when it comes to, like, creating period pieces, um, I'm always the guy that's like, okay, I want to take this and mash it up with that. That's why I was like, when we saw this and the era that you guys had picked, it just it just flowed perfectly, again, on, and off the pages in the story. Tony, would <laughs> Oh no! What I was, what I was uh, curious that do you did you do you see yourselves in the characters? Do you write? Do you pull influences from friends, family, um, for some of and for some of the characters in the story? Um, for me, it's it's not really I pull inspiration from people I know. It's more like I want to be like this person. So Ava, she is who I strive to be like I try I try to be a good person like her Oliver I try to be be um as abrasive and blunt as he is like, like sort of things like that what about you Jack oh uh, with me it's I've I've always been a character creator um 
In fact, my wife and I got together because we were writing Harry Potter fan fiction together. <laughs> uh, and Aww. we counted, we counted, we still write it. This is Wait, years. are you guys in the same house? Oh, no, absolutely not. He's a Gryffindor and I'm a Slytherin. Ah, okay. Tales old as time. Ah, uh, yes, right? It, 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 it's a little strange, but we make it work. Uh, but yeah, we have, we have so many characters. I think we tried to count them one time and all the ones off the top of our head, we had like 150 wow. and to make, to make a new character and everyone different. And it's, it's just how I think. And so I don't see these characters as, oh, I have to draw influence. I, I pull them in and become the character. It's it's a lot like acting for me. Yeah. I like that. It's like you try to like feel out the character and and pretty much you're experiencing the character, right? Right, right. It, I'm channeling them, if you will. Um as because I do I usually do the writing while Ali does the art. And so when I'm writing them out, it's like I'm having a conversation and I'm just their meat puppet. Like Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so let me ask you, Jackson, as the, as the writer, and this is just something I like to ask a lot of different writers. Um, when you hit like a wall, what do you do to get around that wall? Because I know that's a lot of questions some people have. So what do you do particularly just to get around um, any type of writer's block? Oh, it's, it's hard to get around writer's block. A lot of time what I'll do is I'll go back and I'll reread and I'll start from the beginning. And kind of if if i'm trying to continue the story on sometimes starting from the beginning will re-inspire me to pull back something that i forgot from the issue one because now we're further on than that but really what what really drives me a lot is to just have the outline written i already know what i have to do um i know what i have to cover and once the outline is written i can sit down i don't have to be creatively inspired to write just like in college i didn't have to be creatively inspired to write my essay i just got to get it done uh when you guys wrote that bit of lore um did any of the inspiration from death note come into play because that was like my immediate vibe of like um there's parts in death note i don't know if you guys are familiar or have watched it where they explain how the rules of the book works uh, I, I have seen Death Note. Um, surprisingly, that wasn't the inspiration. Um, mm -hmm. What the inspiration was, uh, was um, I don't know if you know more of Jonah Vasquez's work. He's the creator of Invader Zim. Yeah. He also did a graphic novel or a comic series called Johnny the Homicide Maniac. Okay, and you instantly became cool. Go, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that. I own it. I read it every now and then just to kind of get some inspiration and stuff. Um, and, and me, he, he's the main character. He, he writes in these journals and, and like at the end of every chapter, he'll have like a little journal entry. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of like, it was just sort of like, let's have a little journal entry. And then just to kind of just get things stated out of the way so that if we don't really have time to explain it in the series or we're not repeating ourselves, we can just have the rules right up front from the get-go. <laughs> I like it. Well, and, and ending every issue with a page out of Ava's diary, essentially, it, to me, it always felt like that was the first page in her journal, was that. And then the last page of the comic is her journal entry after the fact. 
Okay. Yeah. I know definitely when I first read the first issue, reading the rules definitely set the tone for me as a reader. Because I know, you know, one of those things when you're reading different fantasies or anything, just kind of understanding the rules of the universe. So you you guys just putting that out up front. Mm-hmm. So we as a reader understand, all right, cool, we're reading this, this is the setting, this is what we're expecting. You know, we may have some questions here and there, but we kind of, you know, we've got our feet in the water, so we're ready to go. So I really did enjoy that in the beginning. So I, you know, kind of understood what was going on. Yeah, and like exactly, that, that's exactly it too. So that we don't have to really waste time on repeating ourselves. Instead, what we can do now is is uh, explore and elaborate on what those rules are. So like at the, at the very last rule, it's like don't summon demons. They're very difficult to handle. And it's like, why are they, why are they <laughs> difficult to handle? Well, now we got these demons in the story and you're understanding why they're difficult to handle. Right. <laughs> now you can see that they're just a bunch of buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have essentially mapped out this whole universe and you guys know where it ends more or less. Uh, roughly, how many issues, how many books, not, like if we put into graphics, how many graphics are we looking at, that kind of thing? Um, well, issue-wise, for just the original story, we're not including spinoffs. For just yeah. the original story, we have about 20 issues planned. Yeah. And that will be four graphic novels. Um, so that's that's all we can say about that. And that's just the original story. How frequently are you guys looking to like release issues? Is there like a, a timeline, a deadline, that kind of thing, or is it as they come, you know, come out? Well, right now I am halfway through sketching issue four. I'm trying to do it as fast as I can while I'm also juggling my other projects. Um, right. And right now we, it's not like we really have because we tried to do the whole let's release an issue each quarter. And it's just a little bit too much demand right now. In the future, maybe we'll be able to do it. It's just right this, 2020 is on fire. <laughs> it sure is. It's a hot mess. Yes. Yep. Listen, yep. in terms of D&D, we all rolled the one coming in 2020. and in- Rolled a nat one. Yeah. yeah. We didn't roll a nat one. We fell off the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so right now it's really hard for us to be like, yeah, let's stick to the schedule. Right now we're just like, let's, our goal this year is to hopefully get to the end of issue five. That is our goal. If we, if we don't get to it, that's okay. But (laughs) keep our head above water and keep pointed forward. (laughs) So before we all went into this lovely quarantine of 2020, um, you guys were on the convention circuit before previously, correct? Yes. Um, Jax, I know that there was talks of you going to a con or have been to one. Yeah, yeah. We were talking. We had been planning to go in like February. Yeah. And then, you know, everything hit the fans. So that didn't happen. <laughs> where, are I've never, from, I've never where are you both from one. originally? Um, I'm from Oregon. Oregon. We're, we're both from <laughs> okay. Oregon. Gotcha. And then now you're in Alaska. Uh, I'm actually back in Oregon. I moved down from Alaska oh. last year. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I was I, trying to remember. I yelled you. at her until she came back. <laughs> <laughs> As a That's good friend like... should. As a good friend should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember you talking about like um pot, and I, I think this was uh like Jax, you haven't been to a con, right? 
No, I've not. This was gonna. This was gonna. Um, I'm sorry, bro. We're we're gonna we're gonna hope remedy that one day, man. Once yeah, everything gets back, I got you out there, man. Right. <laughs> um, how how is it out there? And you're, I mean, you're you're also on the west coast, so you're like in prime pickings of like really great conventions when they do open back up. Right. I keep trying to drag him to some, and then something always happens. <laughs> yes, like the world ending. I know. I know. I, every time. I swear it's not my demon familiar. Doing <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, put Oliver back in the bottle, man. Um, <laughs> He's too salty to go back in the bottle. <laughs> Oh, good. So I, I, I really love the Beezlebub design character, um, Beetlebug, that's yeah. what you call her. I really, what was the inspiration for this character's design? I, I have to know the story for that. <laughs> I just, <laughs> so for Beetlebug, I, I don't know, I just thought of like a 19, like the quintessential 1950s, you know, look and the mm. poodle skirt and the blouse and just like, the short crop curly hair just instantly sprang to mind. And that's, that's just was her outfit. And it, I did a couple sketches of her and it worked right away. Like I said, these characters, for some reason, they're like the easiest to design. And I don't know why. <laughs> it just happened. It they, works. So, but the dynamics between them, because you see her and she's all <laughs> smiling and nice. And then you just see the like shroud of like shadow and like you mess with her and you will be ended. And I was like, Oh, Okay. Right. Cool. There was a lot of there was a lot of talk of you know her being this kind of mother bear figure for Asia, right, and that really influenced Allie a lot. I like it. I like it. And then uh, for for Beetlebugs, it's it's like a quarter of the incarnation. Do you guys have designs for the other the other three, or is that a or is that like is that a thing that's going to work out where there are four, or is it more just there's just this this one unique one unique incarnation? We are going to meet the other the other three um, okay. throughout the series. Uh, one of them may may only be mentioned in the series, but the other one, but that one will be showcased at least in a spinoff. Yes. Um, and we don't really have designs drawn out yet, but we do have like ideas for like of how they're going to look. <laughs> Cool. We also, sure uh, spoilers, people. Tony Stark dies. Our bad. Like you know, we're spo- we're spoiling this whole comic, but we've all like enjoyed it so much that we're just like, let's talk to the creators. Like, yeah, do it. Okay. Let's talk. And and do the incarnations? Do they like take bits from the real Beelzebub, like different personalities or uh, different vices, or is it kind of just the personality just split four ways? Uh, it's. It's um, it's yeah, it's a little bit of yes and no. Um, so the the way I interpreted it with the incarnations was that Lucifer basically took pieces of himself and made them into flesh walking beings and put them onto Earth and was like, look after the witches. Um, if anything bad happens, you know, just communicate with each other and it'll automatically communicate to me and just yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Be my middle management. <laughs> Good old middle management. Yep. Keep it going. You guys oh, go man. take care oh. of it. I'll be here. Reaping all the money. Reaping all the souls. Way, way to delegate. Take care, take care delegate. of my people. Pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and and uh, 
so like each of the incarnations, they have their own free will. Um, they are in a, in a sense, part of Lucifer. They do represent like maybe a portion of his personality, but they also build upon their own personalities because they have free will. And they're not really part of like a hive mind because they're not in, they're, they're not controlled by Lucifer. Okay. It's more like they, they just consci consciously like what, whatever the, one knows everyone uh, every one of the others know i i'm probably explaining it terribly jack can you explain it better? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're real close so it's it's not like a hive mind it's like a um it's like four people are all sitting together in a meeting and the boss is listening in and just because the boss knows some things doesn't necessarily mean that that they also know it but Everything they know, the guy above them knows. Okay. And yeah, and so therefore, the guy above them is the one that gives them their massive information. And so, yes, while you know, Beetlebug might know one thing, and everybody else also knows it, they have these own flavors, their own personality, because they're also living their own freaking lives. Um. So yeah, so they're each they're each these individuals. It's kind of I I don't want to step on any toes here, but the best way I can describe it for lack of better things is it's a lot like the God Jesus Holy Ghost si situation. Okay. Where that makes sense. You the know Trinity? What I mean? The Trinity? Yeah, yeah, a lot okay. like that. Where you got, you know, God would essentially be the be the top run. But that doesn't make Jesus any less part of God, or at least in some variations of Christianity, it's how it's believed. Right. So you guys have also um, created factions in this world, which I thought was pretty dope. But the one that stuck out to me again was the yeah. Harvesters. So please explain these lovely guys to us. <laughs> uh, my babies. <laughs> my babies. Those are Jacks. He's got this. Oh man! Is that, where that, love, is, is that where that darkness comes from? Is what I, think we're doing. They, I love I, them I so said, much. I said so much pride coming out of Jack right now. <laughs> I love them so much. They're so awful. <laughs> oh man! But they don't know they're awful. They think they're the good guys, and that's the problem. That, don't that they always that, do? That, yes. that makes the best bad guys. <laughs> yeah, but but it, in reality, if if you really looked at the world, they kind of are the good guys because in in what we've built here, all advancements in technology was actually driven by the harvesters and right. given to the world. So medicate medicines and electricity that was all built off the back of harvesting the magic from the witches to turn it into something that the general public can use. And so in, in a way, if you look at it from a normal citizen in the world of bad luck, the harvesters are absolutely the good guys. Mm. Um, the witches would be the bad guys because they're not out there using their powers to help humanity. Uh, so it's, it's, Kind of that cool, weird, we're following technically the bad guys, but technically the good guys. And the Harvesters as a whole have been around for like ever. I can't remember when we decided how old they were. We... I think it was a little over 10 years, actually. 
Right. But like the organization had been, had lore yeah. that, that followed back like since the dawn of witches, essentially. Ah, Ever since there okay. was witches, there's always been people harvesting their power from them in horrible, brutal, delicious ways. <laughs> um, the reason Allie and I work so well together is because she brings the sweet characters and also keeps me from murdering all of them. <laughs> you sound like a DM. Right. Are you a DM? I've I've done a little bit, but nothing nothing really that that deep. I'd like to get more into it, but I also get very tired of controlling all the situations. Okay. Should introduce you to Tommy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've all we've all gotten heavy into D and D. So like I, the immediacy of your voice uh, and what you said, I was like, it sounds exactly like a dungeon master, like exactly what I, something what Tommy would do. <laughs> I could master a dungeon. I sure could. <laughs> yeah, that's the sad thing. That the, the the thing is this is that we'll sit there in the chat. And he'll be like, you don't know how close I was to killing you guys. <laughs> like, wait, what? We're like, always, always. <laughs> Listen, I, I never put it past him, the ability to get to, like, total party kill. Never put it past him. What other projects have you guys worked on outside of Bad Luck? Um, nothing really established or published. We've just done a, a lot of, like, um, you know, written RPs and stuff. Uh, yeah, he's just small personal projects. Yeah. That's that's really it. Um, but with bad luck, I was like, I want this to be a comic. I want people to read it, and I know I could make it into a comic. But if I could get it published, that would just be a little bit better. How'd you um, how'd you end up finding Imbi on them? Which I which one of you found it? I did. Um, he did. She does all of our socializing. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Um. Yeah, I yeah, I found in beyond through um through Steve because uh, okay. he because he he shared some artwork of Zadora Chronicles and and he and he tagged in beyond in it and then I was like oh what's in beyond I just like a little bit of research checked on the website I was like oh I like these people <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. it's usually how it starts it's <laughs> <laughs> and then. And yeah, sent it in, and then Eric contacted us, and you know the rest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, awesome. I, I'm not nitpicking, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. When he gave, it was three projects, which was including Bad Luck, that he had sent in to review. And out of the three, I'll be real. Yours actually, your guys' project actually stacked on top of all the others. Yeah. And I was like, this is. This is dope, dude. Um, I had some feedback for the other stuff, but when we saw when I saw this, I was like, dude, I got nothing for this. This is this is dope. We, yo, kind I think I think the overall consensus was when's the next issue? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, like it, it's I think uh, with all of us working on our own projects and being surrounded by comics so much, uh, both on the consumer level and on the creation side when you get a project that can like kind of just make you like burn through the pages and just be like, Oh, I'm done. Damn. And you get a serious sense of just like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do the, I can't do the waiting thing anymore. I'm one of those people. Like I hate doing single issues because I, I do trade backs and like, it makes it so much worth, uh, more worthwhile for me. So anytime I like read an issue and I burn through it, I'm just like, 
No. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working as fast as I can, Lauren. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. No, I, I mean, I mean to, to to add on to add on to Lawrence's strife. I did feel that way after finishing Volume Three. Uh, so I read Volume Three, and you know, one of the things I did want to bring up uh, tonight was about um, Carmen Flores because you yes. you learn you learn about her 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 secret, and I was like, oh snap this is awesome like you as bringing representation into the comic and into this world especially into the 1950s like like uh, uh, hispanic uh transgender dealing with that that's not something you hear in that time so could you tell us a little bit about your how you decided to make representation matter in this comic because it's so important and i just want to hear what you got what your thought process was in introducing us to that character so it started with i want since, since we're basically building a family around Ava, because um, Oliver is obviously like the brotherly role, we got Beetlebug, who's the motherly role. I wanted her to have like a sister role. Um, so I knew we were going to have to introduce another witch at some point. Um, and it wasn't very hard to be like, you know what, let's let's make this character of a different ethnicity. Let's, let's try to diversify as much as we can. Um, and so... And, and, and Kim Carmen, like her, again, her design was super easy. <laughs> she just showed up. She like <laughs> raised her hand and said. <laughs> and, then, and then her backstory, um, I, I brought it up to Jack and I was just like, what if we make her, you know, transgender? And because really this is an alternate 1950s. So like there's no rules. Um, we can, and we're the creators, we can kind of just do whatever we kind of want as long as it fits within the actual rules that we put down in the first issue. Right. Um, so, so we were just like, why not? Let's, let's do this. And, and to represent the struggle, um, I am somebody who's transgender myself. It was like, you know, we can, we can mention it because that was what Allie was afraid of. She was afraid of bringing it up and going, man, I, I don't want it to be that, well, here's the trope, here's the, here's the character. Right. And my, my thing to her was saying, it's, it's something that, hap that is, it happens to you, but it's not you. So what, you do, what we have to do is we have to get it in here. And yes, while that affects her life, if, if somebody read the whole story and missed that frame, they would not take anything away any different from the character. But the people that need to be represented are going to read that frame and it's going to mean way more to them than anybody else. As well as giving that, you know, we're not, we're not throwing it out there just trying to make a buck off of diversity. This isn't, you know, the late 90s and every morning kids show that had, you know, the, the rainbow of kids. They... Right. They are themselves, and it was really important that Flora, that Carmen was more than just you know our our Hispanic representation. She needed to be more than that, as well as the fact that she is literally our most successful character, I think, in the whole series. With all those uh, Emmys and Oscars, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, and money, and so somebody with her struggles, like she has status. Yes, that made it all the way to the top, and that's where we're starting her. Um, I mean, it just it it makes sense. It all made sense for this character. And I and I think that's great that you guys created that character and 
again, can showcase her struggle and everything because um, usually we get into those topics about diversity in comics, creating um, awesome characters that have great backgrounds and, like you said, not being a trope. And what you guys create as a character that is not a trope, it's a general character that people can actually fall behind, love and follow, and it doesn't feel for diversity, diversity sake. You went in there with love to create this character. Thank and you. we wanted our characters to feel real in mm-hmm. a way, you know, yeah. and, and that's, that's part of it. Well, yes, they are fiction. You look at them and there's parts where you're like, you know, that feels realistic. This struggle feels like a real struggle. When Ava finds out that secret, I mean, Carmen panics. She absolutely panics. And it's not because she couldn't do something about it. She's a witch. She's, arguably more powerful than Ava at this time. If she was really that concerned about it, she could probably take it out of Ava's brain, but she panics. She forgets her own power in the moment because of the the panic, which is realistic, which is absolutely realistic. Like we all have something that if somebody found out, we'd, we'd probably panic about it there and forget the rest of the world existed. I like how you phrase it. Like she forgot yeah. her she forgot her own power. Like that is a very like yeah. important like thing. Like mm-hmm. it is understanding yeah. like for a brief second, like that can go away and you're just like, oh wait, like I am capable, I am powerful enough to do things. But things come up where you aren't uh, prepared for them properly. Bravo to you both. You guys have been doing a wonderful job. Thank this you. Is, th- this is just us trying to like yeah, talk, to you, like, talk to you guys and, like, <laughs> and just, just fangirl. Like, yeah, yeah this, is the, so this is the fan out hour now. <laughs> Keep fanning. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it really helps with 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 uh, cranking out the pages. Yeah, yeah, it really helps. Which also, in turn, which in turn helps ego. me. <laughs> which is, by you pumping out pages, in turn helps me because I can get more pages. Hey, you can always bug me. You you can always send me a message, be like, hey, where's the next issue? Where's you can always do that. We're interactive creators. I like it. I like it. No, I appreciate it. I mean, um I've and um how we've all got together is the same way. We all that creative bug just there creating projects and everything. Um, and we're, and, and just seeing it again, thank you guys. Thank you for what you have done. I mean, I look forward for you guys' success. Looks forward to seeing more of the work. Um, what are some of the, and I like to ask people like, where do you guys see the next five years for bad luck? And as well as um, any other potential projects that you guys like, um, and we may have touched up on this, but any potential projects that you guys have may have wanted to touch up aside from the spinoffs and everything. So, like, I know I mentioned I'm working on, like, other projects, which has slowed down a little bit with the production of Bad Luck. Um, but Bad Luck is my main focus. Um, and I want to try to really push its boundaries as much as possible. It's currently represented by an, an agency um, as we're trying to get it to an animated series and to get it into production. We have, we have the pilot script finished. Um, I'm currently trying to work on the animated proof of concept, basically. I already have the, the sketchy um, work in progress video done, um, but it's just refining that and getting that done. Um, for me, it's just, I, I want to see it as an animated series. 
Yes. But also, Same. Same. <laughs> but also try to, and like, if no one else, if no one takes it, I'm like, you know what, Jack? We'll do it. Like, if no one we'll else do takes it. it, we'll do it. <laughs> we will make our own animated series with Blackjack and hookers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jack is my hero. <laughs> Well, I never um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, oh I was just going to say, and I was just going to finish up with getting at least one graphic novel done um, by the end of 2020. And, yes. And any anywhere else is just sort of like free game. <laughs> so, <laughs> what were you going to say? And, uh, Sebastian, well, I, sorry. I, just to show you how much I'm fan and I, I never normally do this um, on any of the podcasts with the guests because usually I do the design for the thumbnails and I'm, you know, good. Tony's laws feedback like oh that's dope and we, we go through it but with working on it just to again show how much I love you guys style and everything let me see if I can actually share it do you need uh you should be able to share it you should have yeah I got it right share the here. screen oh, oh my god I love it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> fan bravo. art bravo sir bravo uh, it's beautiful Nice. So yeah, it, this is my again token of showing what we appreciate what you guys have done with the series. Look forward to seeing what you guys are looking to do. Um, any other questions, Tony's Law? I, I was going to give you hour. guys uh, um, what advice you have for like future creators who want to come up, um, and then also what what's a good way to keep you guys motivated or inspired. Find something that you're you're obsessed with, and it it it's really easy to say that. But what I mean is, you know, if, if you read a book, if you're like really into Harry Potter, right? There's, there's people that just live and breathe Harry Potter, including myself. And when you create something that's your own and you want to live and breathe it, you know you're on the right track. All right. Don't force a, a concept that you just kind of like. No, keep, keep going through it. Keep, keep trying to figure out. What works? Maybe figure out what about a certain thing doesn't have you super into it. But the more obsessed with your own work you get, the more excited you get to be about it. The more excited you are about it, the more fun that your readers will see that you have with it. Well said. Bravo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Biggest snaps. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and kudos, so I see you're the letterer too. So kudos that too. I know that's another art form in itself. I'm learning it. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm for the most part doing it, but Ali has 100% taught me everything I know about lettering. And I'm getting better. Every he is, issue. He is. <laughs> it, 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 it only gets better from here, trust yeah. me. I, I went to a creative after con and just to point it out that you guys know about, let you guys know what they said about lettering. It was a creative after con. And Buddy Scalera was leading this um, panel, and it was like a it was a network event for like creators and everything. This is when you know I was still breaking into it, and he goes, "Okay, I want to divide the artists go over here, the writers go over here." Like he was dividing everyone up in the industry of what they were called. There was only four people that were left in the lettering aisle, and then Buddy goes, "You see those four right there." Those are unicorn right there. Those are people you <laughs> want in your team. <laughs> like, you know. So it was, it was good. But um, 
where can we find you guys online? What are some of the, the websites and everything that um, we can find you on social media where uh, all of our fans can look up for you guys? Well, um, you can find out all the information of bad luck and where to get it on the lovely website of inbeyond.com slash bad luck <laughs> that the team of, of inbeyond had worked so hard to put together. <laughs> Um, you can also find us on our social media, uh, Facebook, um, at official bad luck comic, um, and then Twitter, Instagram at bad luck comic. So we want to thank you guys again for coming on an episode of the nerds at the round. We want you guys to be safe. You can find us on Twitter at the nerds, O T R on Facebook and on Instagram at the nerds of the round. And you can find us in all of your favorite podcasting needs, whether that's anchor, Spotify, or iTunes. We also have a YouTube channel, The Nerds of the Round. Check us out there. As we always like to say, we love to hear from our listeners, our viewers. Give a like, a comment, a retweet, a share. Let's connect. Let's chat. Let's get nerdy with it.